Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant, and for those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Oh my goodness, we are coming into the fall and our series this year where guests of mine are Beyond Surviving graduates is moving into its final three episodes. And it has been such a joy this year, really connecting and reconnecting with some of the beautiful men and women who I've had the great joy of walking alongside in their journey. And this month is no exception to that rule. Today I have with me Sahara Anahata, who is really going to be sharing with us about the journey um, out of the body and into spiritual practices to reclaim our innocence and how what is found there can become a container in which we can hold ours and others' humanity compassionately, which means we're also going to be talking a little bit about forgiveness today. So Sahara is an artist and interior designer, a mom. She's so into yoga and spiritual psychology and meditation and chanting, and she's been a practitioner and facilitator of those things since 1995, y'all. And she's this amazing florist and natural flower farmer, and she's a grandma. So uh, I think you are going to just be so, so blessed um, by what she has to share today. Sahara, thank you so much for taking time out of your life um, to be here with me today. Welcome. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. It really does. To really actually, the timing is uh, 
really poignant in my life. So I'm really grateful to talk about my story. Mm. Well, tell us a little bit about your story. So you and I worked together in 2017. And can you take us just a little bit back to that moment in time and what was going on for you and, and what caused you to reach out to me in the first place? Wow. I don't know if I remember. <laughs> That's good, though. That's good. That's good. We washed it all away. <laughs> like I needed help, you know, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and I really did receive a lot of help. Like I I feel like just being in your presence and your you know your joyful presence and insightful so and and so validating. You know, that was amazing for me. And and it was the first time that I actually was in a group with with other people who had experienced sexual abuse. So just being at that ease of, you know, knowing that people believed you without the question and the wonder, you know, that there's so many, um, yeah, I, I, I just think the value of, of telling your story and, and of feeling the feelings and of witnessing everyone else, feeling their feelings and their struggles and, and opening your heart to them. and. And, and feeling part of this collective evolution, right. uh, this, this process that we are, you know, all going through together, you know, something larger instead of being stuck in our own, like, you know, I did a lot of therapy one-on-one, but it's different when you open up into a group, it, it, it widens, you know, it widens things. Yeah, and for sure. Again, more real. And like this podcast for me is part of that. It's like, it, it's again, a widening. It's like, it's real. It's real you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. There's this space in which, you know, the group program that I get to do, I do that two times a year, and I'm wondering and thinking about how that might begin to expand and become more of the work that I'm doing more consistently, and it is, you know, it's such a rewarding space for me as a mentor and as a facilitator to hold space for women in that way coming together and the, 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 the layers of vulnerability and the brave and what really starts to happen exactly that as we sit in the space of like, I'm not alone in this. There are other people here who have gone through and are going through the challenges and um, it is just such a sweet space. So I was I was really so excited when I put the call out for um, graduates to step up to come on the podcast and share about their journey and their experience since graduating from Beyond Surviving that you threw your hat in the ring. Uh, and I know life has changed. You've moved. You've been up to some new things. So tell us a little bit about how life has changed for you since Beyond Surviving. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I sold my house. I, I moved back to to the city I made a lot of big moves in my life and just felt I guess more able to move and um, after living in the city for a year I, I basically I came to visit my son here and um, COVID hit and I ended up um, just staying so I've been here for two years almost two years um, there's been some deep deep challenges as well which I'll talk about eventually but um, um, I think yeah that, that feeling of not being stuck, you know, not, you know, that, that I can make choices. I mean, I made a lot of big choices, changes. That's sweet. Well, you're living in a beautiful place. And yes, as life does, it continues to bring us challenges and, and opportunities for continued healing. But I love 
about just feeling empowered, like to really be able to take it on. And then of course, like life just happened. Oh my gosh, this, this COVID thing, oh, man, changing so much for so many. Um, and, you know, today when we were talking about like what was really on your heart to discuss, one of the very first things that was coming up was this idea of innocence. And, oh my gosh, Sahara, this is such a layered and very, very big topic that comes up with almost all of my clients, particularly when we start to do inner child work and they begin to really try to visualize and connect with that little self that was hurt and wounded. And oftentimes there will be accompanied with that, like this deep sadness. And the way that that's often articulated is like, I lost my innocence. My innocence was stolen from me. So to start us off tonight, let's break this down. First of all, what do you think like innocence even is? Like what's your personal concept of innocence? What does it mean to you? Well, I, I think because of my spiritual journey, um, I think that the, the, the beginnings of innocence were um, reclaiming uh, a connection that I had to something greater than myself. Um, Entering the body deeply uh, through yoga yoga practices and um, actually both of those things combined were extremely important and vital because um, experiencing the body as something sacred um, was something that I hadn't experienced before and um, I really I really took to that. Like I became actually quite addicted to that sensation, to that experience, you know, and I, and I practiced every day for 12 years. Like I just, I, I, I loved it so much. And I also, I mean, throughout that practice, it wasn't just, you know, that experience of innocence, but a lot of, a lot of emotional processing on the mat. So it was not um, a like physical acrobatic style yoga. It was a very, somatic um, spiritual type of, of yoga. I mean, I tried a lot of different styles, but um, that's what served me most. Um, just the, mm-hmm. the gentleness and reclaiming really as an experience, you know, it's not a concept. It's like the body starts, starts to open and the heart starts to open and you have that experience and, 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 what what arises from that openness is 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 this a loving feeling you know you you start to experience yourself as as love and um it's just a lot a lot of softening i would say <laughs> i love that so your entry point, your kind of practices, your ways of going about and engaging in this conversation with yourself around this idea of reclaiming innocence had a lot to do with being able to get into your body, slowing down, being gentle with yourself. And if I'm hearing you right, the, what that started to do was it started to create this opening. You use the word softening, which I really loved. And this sense of love present and so does that for you in many ways represent what innocence is is it like when we when we use this phrase reclaim innocence like what exactly are we taking back right are we is it openness is it love is it being gentle and soft is it curiosity 
what would you say are the, the things that we're actually taking back under this idea and concept umbrella of innocence? Well, I think the realization is that you really didn't lose anything. You know, you, it, was just, it was just something you believed because underneath it all, See, that, that is the undoing process of a, of a yin type of yoga practice. It's, it's what you, you come to what's underneath it all instead of like mm. trying to grab for things on top and to, to make it better and to make yourself better. And, you know, it, it's, it's an undoing. And what's revealed is that essence that we are, you know, which, is, which, which feels like love. And, and, and you know, it, it feels very divine me it was like a divine it's a divine experience but there's no there's no concept of what divine is it's just what what it feels like you know mm-hmm. oh my god I'm getting like goosebumps because what I will often say to my clients is that uh that that they actually did not lose their innocence and it's really like a challenging statement right I'm pushing some edges and buttons with that to really encourage them to start to consider exactly what you just said like actually that wasn't lost it wasn't taken away right there's this wounding that has caused separation and then where that takes me next in my thought is that we often have have this idea that innocence is like age based like it's this it's this thing that you get to have when you're little and you have an experienced life and I think that this conversation, like, is helping me to even further articulate the idea, like, to blow that out of the water. Like, innocence is something that you can feel and experience throughout your entire life. And, like, there are these benefits to accessing that energy. Am I, do you, are you down for that, Sahara? Are you, like, does that make sense? What would you add to that? Because because it changes your whole experience of yourself and then your experience of everything else, right. you know, because if under, if underneath all the protection that I had built up for myself, that I can find that, then, then what's underneath all the protection that I'm seeing in someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Come on. Um, yeah. That's yeah. where the passion comes, you know, yeah. it, it's, so beautiful the way life is designed to teach us you know (laughs) (laughs) that is true we never stop learning boy you get the next lesson and the next lesson and the next lesson that opportunity to always grow yeah one of my favorite sayings if you all have been listening to the podcast for any time you've probably heard me say it before but like it's never too late to have a happy childhood and I would maybe add to that today, it's never too late to access this sensation, this energy of innocence. And that really helps us access other things, right? Like being open, love, connection, curiosity. For you, but the, the, so playfulness, the playfulness goes hand in hand with the experience of innocence because yeah. I was not able to be playful Really, mm-hmm. like with my kids when they were small, I was I wasn't able to be playful with them. Right. But as as I started to undo and to find this, you know, to to reclaim that peace, I was able to be more playful, and it was it was just it's just so much fun, you know. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Yeah, that you know often comes up 
with my clients. I mean, you know, I was a nanny for, for many, many years. And before that, I was in childhood education. So, you know, childlike and playfulness and that kind of energy has always been so important to me. And it's woven kind of very organically into the Beyond Surviving program. There are all these like little mini challenges. And it, and it is even within the early days where we're talking about celebrating and reward yourself. Like, whoa, for many people who've experienced sexual trauma, like accessing that is really hard because, I mean, I'll speak through my own lens. I personally, like, thought a lot about the fact that I, I grew up very fast, right? This is one of the ways that I think trauma impacts us. It certainly was the case for me, this idea of like, whoa, I've got these big, big ideas. I've got these big problems now that I'm looking at and trying to process these very big feelings. Life all of a sudden became very serious and very heavy. And in many ways that has served me in my life, right? Like I've been responsible and I've been able to go after things and I've been able to like live on my own since I was 17 and like that kind of thing. But it also detached me a bit from some parts of myself, which actually through getting into childhood education and healing and then nannying helps me reignite and reconnect with that, like joy and playfulness and simple simplicity, right? Of life that's so available to us, no matter what our age. Right. And what I see now as a grandmother is how I'm able to be with, with them, with my granddaughter, mostly because she's two, but it's, you know, like, I am, I don't expect anything of her. I don't need to try and teach her. I, I, I'm just there with her. And I get, I get the purity, you know, of, of her, mm. the innocence of her experience. And um, yeah, this is a very beautiful, beautiful. Okay, you just dropped another piece of the puzzle into place, which is the tie between innocence and presence. Like, is there something there where when we are in our full beingness as children are right just so in flow and being that that is also directly tied to this concept and idea of innocence do you agree with that because everything else everything that isn't innocent is something that's been built up you know and it comes from our egoic nature right like this part of us that feels separate that's our egoic nature and because it feels separate it's afraid and because it's afraid it wants to protect itself and it wants to it, it, it wants to improve itself it wants to build itself up make itself valuable somehow and it all stems from this basic basic disconnect from our from our our true true essential nature you know that is so powerful y'all better pause and do some journaling right now <laughs> you better take all that in Think about that, because that right there is really, really poignant. The, the space in which you just said, like, everything that is built up is not innocent. Like, that's super, super important for us to understand. The, the way that trauma adds on, adds on kind of these layers of belief systems and behaviors that separate and disconnect us from what I call and think about of, like, our genuine, authentic self, right? very much what you're talking about here too and that ego piece yes you described that so well like the traps that we fall into and how getting back to this place and this concept idea this beingness this energy of innocence helps us really be more aligned and more attuned with ourselves 
And into our body, I want to talk about that piece of the puzzle just a little bit more. You know, when you think about the the yin yoga and the spiritual psychology and the role, like, why do you think being in the body is also so very closely tied to this idea of reclaiming innocence? Well, there's, you know, our humanity is, is I, I've had this long kind of dance, you know, away from my humanity into my spiritual self and over-identified with my spiritual self. And then I had like, and that was maybe 10, 10, 12 years of building and then 10, 12 years now of coming back into my humanity. So um, there's, you know, we're light and dark. We're, we're both, you know, yeah. and that is the nature of this planet. Like, I don't think that we can, we can transcend it. I just, at this point, I'm 57. Um, I've tried. <laughs> She's been trying to keep the lights on all day, every day, 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> Life itself will, will, shut, will, will turn off the light. You it know? will. Like, yes. And it's, it's harsh. And, mm. But it's, it's, it's to empower us even more deeply in our conviction of not being a, a, a physical being but it's, we are a physical being, you know, like uh, we still are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We are, yeah. We are, we are the body and we are, the body is the earth. So mm. this connection between um, re-entering and reclaiming the body and, and experiencing um, the, 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 the sweetness and the, like just becoming to starting to love the body expands out into how we treat the earth. Like there's no difference. So this, this experience of entering the body is so important for our survival as a species. You know, we cannot connect to the earth if we don't connect to ourselves or to our bodies, you know, right. Body is the earth and how we treat ourselves is how we can, how we can begin. Well, I'm going to leave that right there. I can't add anything to that. That is just so well said and so important for us to understand that, yeah, our body as connected to self, but also to the greater, bigger picture of earth, mother earth, nature, all of humanity. Uh, what a beautiful extra incentive for dropping into our bodies and taking good care of these vessels. Yeah, that we not have. a process. It's not because you have to meet everything. Our body, the cells remember everything yes. and they feel the pain. You know, you have to go through, I've been through so much pain and it isn't ending, you know, physical. So um, it, it's not an easy process. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but worth it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And where like that playfulness can be supportive of it, right? Like if we're in pain and we're yeah. in the dark and we're in suffering, it is a season of life. Sometimes that's a very, very long season, right? But if we can find those little sparks of joy, those little sparks of light, at least that for me, humor and playfulness has been the thing that has anchored me, particularly in my darkest moments of despair, when I was really ready to just check out and be like done with it all. Like that's rooted me and, and drawn me back to be engaged in life again 
Yeah. yeah, like the yin yang symbol, right? Yeah, like in the light, there's a spark of dark, and within the dark, mm-hmm. there's a spark. Of dark. And yeah. um, it, it, yeah, yeah, it's powerful, and you know that we. I think sometimes people will avoid, particularly when they're in the place of something that's hard looking for those moments of light because there's this false idea that I am minimizing or I am dismissing or I'm running away from you know the pain or the hurt and I just want to say for you all like no please go to the light (laughs) not in the like hallelujah heaven way but like find those moments embrace those moments because we all need that to anchor ourselves and love love always you can always love and I mean I think for me personally as as I've aged, like those moments of darkness are, I'm much more, they're much more manageable and they don't last as long. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. I don't, and I'm, I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, let's, yes. about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Oh. Yeah, that's totally right. That's totally right. I'm like in a, in a season where I'm starting to think about some big transitions for 2022 which might, you know, lead to some loss of relationship or changes in the way I'm connected to people who I really love. And it's like, wow, you know, I, this is not the first rodeo, right? So at this stage, like there's still like the hurt and there's some fears, but you just sit with it in a very different way. So I had one of my clients the other day asked me like, you know, how do I, how do I really get past this whole, like, I need everybody to like me thing? I said, just get older, honey. <laughs> get older and like some things really do just come with like age and time and you just start to orient yourself differently and I think one of those things is also this idea of forgiveness so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back I want to jump into this topic and see how it all plays together with this idea of innocence and humanity and love and um, coming into our wisdom as we get older and hear your thoughts on that, Sahara. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse and yet nothing seems to be really helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery. And I'd love to share with you about these phases, what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate. Go to rachelgrantcoaching.com slash checklist and get your nine-page guide today. Now back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. So I'm here continuing this wonderful conversation with Sahara, who graduated from Beyond Surviving in 2017 and uh, is bringing us just deep, deep wisdom today. And I know that one of the things that's really on your heart today is forgiveness. So I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to create some space here for you to share and kind of talk about what's on your mind around that, and then we'll go from there. Does that sound good? That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you for the space. Um, and like I, I, what I, I feel is like it's been a huge sort of 
project for me <laughs> um, to try and forgive my father for the sexual abuse. And, um, and, the, and, and it, it's got some, it took some curveballs. So I, what I, I really want to share just because I want, I, I hope in the hope that somebody might get a glimmer of, of uh, insight from my experience, you know? So, I mean, the, it, it, it was first just the concept that, that came to me and I, I was on a ferry ride and it was a terrible, atrocious ferry ride. And I had my two little kids and we all thought we were gonna die. So I started praying the Our Father and then, I, and then it came to me, you know, um, for, uh, forgive, our, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, you know? And I am, I am not Christian, but whatever, at that time, the prayer came. <laughs> you needed that prayer. I hear you. <laughs> and, 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 and it, it, I, cause I was asking like, what is the point if we're going to die? What is the point of this life? You know? And that's what came to me. So, you know, when I got off the ferry ride, I kissed the ground and I said, um, you know, I, I vow to, to, to work on that piece, mm -hmm. you know? So I have been, and I mean, I did, I did like, I, it, it was like a like a practice for a long time. I would visit with my father and my mother, and I would like sit there and try to see his innocence, you know, see the light in him, and 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 it, it was kind of you know every time we're we're at, we're at different levels and things work for us for a while. Seems to be the way it goes, and as we evolve, then we need to <laughs> we need to go even deeper, right? And things change around us too. And you know, my father, I feel, also received a lot of healing from from the, that time that I that I was offering him that. And I even, you know, I I I, I tried to help my mother to come to that place, although she, you know, because she 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 obviously was anguished, you know, um, living with this man who had abused her daughter, and you know, she wasn't she wasn't able in this dominant system that we live under to to release herself right mm. but so she had she had to live with that and she had a lot of denial and all other things too but um so like I said that worked for for quite a few years and I did you know I would chant chants of forgiveness I would send prayers of forgiveness I would you know open my heart and be in it and and I had so much compassion for him and for her, like what I was, I, I realized later in life, I'm an empath. I didn't know then, but like I was feeling what they might be feeling having, you know, been what he did to me. Like, how could you live with that? That must be horrible. So I was very empathic. And um, <laughs> like I said, it worked for a while and, and, and there was healing in that for me and, and, both my parents mm -hmm. but as aged um I think like my father started to like want to claim more and more control as he was sort of losing his capacities of you know as he was aging so he he started to become like he was always abusive in so many ways like this is a tyrannical wounded very wounded masculine person um but he was like oh getting you know more and more abusive with my mother and repressive and like keeping her away from me, like ghosting me, not answering the phone or making he would answer. So I would have to talk to him, you know, so these, this started to like 
ignite something that I started to, to like really start to feel more my visceral experience instead of just being in that spiritual place of like, I want to forgive you. I, I want to forgive you. Uh, I forgive you. <laughs> but my mm-hmm. ignoring my body that was, was like in, in aversion, you know, it was like, uh. it was, it was like, ugh, stay away from me. Ugh, I can't stand you, you know? So it wasn't, I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't complete. It wasn't whole, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but like I said, like his behavior and their aging and everything had to play in this. So, sure. yeah. yeah. Um, but a couple of years, just before I came here for my visit, um, I, I couldn't really take it. He was, it was just too much. So I just went over there one day and he started to talk to me at the door and I just was like, I don't want to hear it. I just want to see my mother. Like, um, and we had this like really intense mm. conversation. I was like, I can't like, fuck you. Like I, I, I'm done. Like I cannot do it. I just want to see my mother. He wouldn't let me in. And then I like looked into the living room door, that window and there were my mother and she turned her back on me and like it completely cut. It, it, it broke my heart. It was like, um, it was, it was a, a, like the whole trauma of my original, um, my mother not believing me and me being ousted from the family and being, you know, the, the black, the, the scapegoat for the family and all that. It just sort of came back, sure. yeah. ignited. And um, <laughs> so it was a lot, a lot of processing and it was, a, I never, never thought that I would be able to detach from my mother. Like I just never thought I would be able to, I was there for her. I was so there for her my whole life. Like I would wake up in the morning and go, what can I do for my mother? You know, like mm. that kind of thing. Right. Maybe some kind of compensation, I don't know. But um, I let I let them go, and it freed me. So when I came here, you know, for my visit and COVID hit, and I was freed. Like mm-hmm. I I stay and I would live like next door to my son and my two grandchildren and my daughters here, and we all live like we see. You know, it's like a dream. It's like a dream for me. And um, I I realized that I was like in sacrifice, and my body took the hit. I I, I wasn't like, as connected as I was from all the yoga and all that. Mm-hmm. I was somehow there was a piece that wasn't linked. My body took the hit from that, and and. I think it's about seven months ago now I was um, diagnosed with colorectal cancer. So I'm in like stage four colorectal cancer right now. And uh, yeah, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm dealing with it the same way I've dealt with my whole life. It's like this, um, I'm in partnership with my body. I'm, I'm doing all the healing I can around releasing my parents, releasing the guilt of releasing my parents, um, 
I and I forgive them in the in the in the in the container of the dominant system that we live in. So within like you know, there's our there's our human self and there's our greater self, and then there's the systems that we live in. And we're so conditioned, right? Yeah. So in that male dominant community, he was just doing what, what males, males do in that system. And, mm. and my mother is just reacting what, what women did, did in that system. We're changing. We're evolving. But, like, this is what it looks like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's an alive process. Yeah. 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 And so the same thing, like, this, I'm not going a conventional route with my healing because... I feel like the medical system for me is a dominant system. Mm. I don't want my body right. anymore. I just want to start with and, and be with it. And like I'm surrounded in love here. The grace that life has brought me here with my kids and my grandchildren. It, 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 it's the golden thread. That, that, yeah. that the, the mystery. It, it's incredible. It's impeccable. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Could, you couldn't you couldn't choose it yourself right come on yeah. and this is like the magic like there's so much magic in life there's pain there's suffering but then there's this magic and yeah. like we have no idea like whoa like this is tied to that and the way things unfold are exactly as they're meant to be for us at times yeah. and great grace it's great so I couldn't have done this for myself. Like I couldn't have been in this beautiful environment with my surrounded and so much love. I couldn't have chosen that for myself. But the cancer is teaching me to love myself. Mm-hmm. To love myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's incredible. You know? mm-hmm. Like what we came here to learn. <laughs> it's, you know, there there are these moments where exactly that, you know, something that feels so detrimental and so daunting and so scary ends up being the thing that teaches us and helps us become our next best version of ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I'm in a season of that right now, you know, I'm feeling that I feel into that with you and, you know, the ways in which you're listening to and attuning to your body for how to address this cancer It's such a, you know, just the metaphor of that, right? Like the ways in which you talked about in your, in your story, like your body taking the hit, the trauma, you know, kind of being there, the years of suppression, the years of holding it together, the years of sacrificing yourself. And, you know, that's that's what I want to share for people, you know, like choose you, choose you, you. listen, choose you, you know? Nobody tells us to choose us. You know? I mean, when you say it loud, choose you, choose you, choose you. <laughs> like yes, and and because what what I also found really profound in what you shared is that part of this process of what we're calling forgiveness for you was being able to reach a place where you could really put your parents in a place in a space and time, like you could contextualize their behaviors that had a lot to do with their how they were raised you know their age the kind of culture how they were acculturated as both a man and a woman and relationship like all those things and so to see that outside of the context of yourself 
and to see them as these two humans who have caused the harm that they've caused and very much um, reaction and resulting from their own context and their own capacity does not excuse it, but that I find for myself and when I'm working with my clients, when we get that little moment of separation and perspective, that is exactly as you said, you could let them go yeah. and you could move forward in a really powerful way. Yeah. And there's still love, you know, Correct. there's still love. Like yeah. I send, I send, I don't send him love, but I, I sometimes it slips in, but <laughs> got in there for him a little bit a little nugget yes I feel that <laughs> and you know another, another in the last year my mother has has broken her hip three times oh. and this this and, and and every time like I haven't had contact with them but every time she's been in the hospital I've had like this space in between where I've been able to talk to her on the phone without mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. we have just pure love just pure love and like that too, it's, it's like miraculous, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, like total closure and, and it's only what matters, you know. Right. right. Imagine breaking your, your leg, your hip and you're like three times, like I cannot stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. Right? There's so mm-hmm. much symbolism in that. You're so right about it. Oh my gosh. You're so right about it. Yeah. It makes me think a bit about, um, yes, you know, the work of Irene Lyon, who works a lot around somatic experiencing and how trauma is held and expressed in the body. It makes me think of Vincent Felitti's work around the adverse childhood experiences and all the research we know about how trauma impacts, you know, the body and disease. And, and it is, as you said from the beginning, it is, you know, mind, body, spirit, it's all together. And the more that we can release our attachment to desired different outcomes, which I think is a big piece of being able to forgive and let go, the more we can reclaim the parts of ourselves that allow us to open to love and possibility and playfulness and joy and and being self-aware, the better off we are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I could talk to you for another two hours <laughs> because I've always so enjoyed. Yeah, go ahead. I said this, that the timing of this, like for me, right. for this has been so healing, right? It's like just writing and writing and writing my story again yeah. from this point, you know? And, yeah. and, and it's so important that we tell our story, right? We yeah. Need to keep. So that's, I thank you for that so much. And I know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to help. It's going to be part of my healing. Mm-hmm. I know that too. Yeah. And that's one thing I've been so excited about of really focusing on survivors of trauma, people who have moved into beyond surviving, who have moved into a place of thriving and healing, coming to share their stories because it is a gift of hope and inspiration. And every time we tell our story, it is an act of healing. You know, telling is healing, as Donna Jensen would say, of time to tell. And you have shared so much with us, and it's been so edifying and so beautiful. Uh, Sahara, do you have any final words for our listeners today? Choose you. Choose you. <laughs> well, the you that I see is, is, uh, is effervescent 
and open-hearted and generous and inspirational and badass and healing and strong. And again, you've been just such a joy to connect with today. It's been so nice catching up. Um, for all of you listening, if you would like to connect with uh, Sahara, you can go check her out on Facebook, Sahara Anahatha, and on Instagram at Anahatha underscore retreat or Yam House Blooms. Check out her gorgeous flowers, and uh, all of those will be linked in the show notes. And of course, thank you for tuning in and joining us today. If you'd like to make a donation in support of the podcast, go to bit.ly slash beyond surviving podcast donation. All contributions will be applied towards funding scholarships, the running of donation-based and free programs, and making sure that those reaching out for support get what they need. Also, don't forget to visit, visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching see the other resources there and then please subscribe to our podcast leave us a note and then come back next time because we have so much more to share and until then take really good care of you Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.